Hey, this is Mark. Today is April 20th, and that can undoubtedly mean one thing, a slew of cannabis culture references inundating your inbox and newsfeed. We have to admit we're a little ambivalent about International Pot Smoking Day. To many of us, it's just another normal mid-April day. Others, ahem, may be stopping by their local dispensary or smoking lounge to observe 420 in more celebratory fashion, depending on prevailing state law. Regardless, I think you'll be interested in this week's podcast. On April 1st, the U.S. House of Representatives passed a bill to end the federal ban on marijuana, and although the bill faces stiff resistance in the Senate, federal legalization could standardize the patchwork of state laws on growing, using, and selling. This week on the podcast, the chair of New York State's Cannabis Control Board talks with us about the prospect of federal legalization, as well as implications for marketing and advertising, health equity, and inclusion. I'm Mark Iskowitz, Editor-at-Large, and welcome to the MMM Podcast, medical marketing media's show about healthcare marketing writ large. My guest this week is Tremaine Wright, an attorney, entrepreneur, and activist who is the chair of New York State's Cannabis Control Board. Chair Wright is also headlining MMM Spring Conference, MMM Transform, on Thursday, May 5th at the Edison Ballroom in NYC as one of our keynote speakers. I'll be moderating a fireside chat with her on a host of issues about issues New York State is grappling with as the new medical and recreational cannabis industry takes shape. But first, some housekeeping items. Join us the evening of May 4th in New York City for one of MMM's most prestigious achievement awards, the second annual Pinnacle Awards. The Pinnacle Awards celebrate the medical marketing industry's most venerable marketers, strategists, and creators. The goal is to honor and celebrate those who have made a significant impact on the health industry. For more information or to register, visit mmmpinnaclewards.com. And stick around the following day, May 5th, also in New York City, for our venerable spring conference, the MMM Transform event, the full picture of health. It's a full-day in-person event with one of the broadest programs in health marketing. From corporate wellness to the increased attention to mental health, and from the emerging cannabis market to developments in digital health, MMNM will bring together industry leaders to offer insight on wellness trends and the evolving patient journey. For more information or to register, visit mmmtransform.com. And now back to our show. Chair Wright, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me this afternoon, Mark. I really appreciate this opportunity to come on and chat with you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. The pleasure is all mine. You know, as the uh, cannabis supporters, you know, plan for a natural ramp up uh, of the industry with the prospect of uh, federal legalization, I just wanted to ask you, uh, just kind of set the stage for us in terms of what what the situation is in New York State, you know, in terms of the legality of uh, medical marijuana versus recreational. Well, I think everyone across the nation is really happy to see the progress that's happening nationally. We are excited that they're pat- that this, the House has passed the federal regulation to legalize marijuana. Um, we would like to see there to be some uniformity across the states. But here in New York, we are not sitting by waiting for that to happen. We believe that we are leading the charge and creating a a system, a legal framework to really allow the cannabis industry to grow and thrive here. Currently, medical marijuana has been, medical marijuana use has been legalized since 2014. And in 2020, March of 2021, New York State um, passed adult use cannabis um, legalization. So we've been working furiously over the past year to get this system up and running. And it includes the framework that allows for nine license types 
we believe that it is framed in a way to allow as many people as possible to have access and to have uh, full participation in this industry. And, you know, with legalization, New York State shifted from a policy centered on law enforcement and persecution to one centered on public health. Uh, how are you committed to uh, mitigating the impact of previous laws and, and, and making access happen? The law here in New York is called the MRTA, our Marijuana Regulation Taxation Act. It was specifically drafted and passed in a way that will allow for an equitable inclusion um, pathway for all participants here in New York. We were very much concerned with and we maintain a mandate to prioritize those who've been harmed by the prohibition on cannabis that has that was decades long and that has really devastated families as well as communities. So in our law, we have prioritized those who have been charged and or incarcerated because of marijuana and or marijuana related charges. Those are the folks who the law says for us to prioritize and the agency is doing just that. Additionally, we have identified a group of social equity um, applicants throughout this state, which includes those who live in communities that were harmed, distressed farmers, um, service disabled veterans, as well as NWBE businesses. So we are really focused on making sure that one, people have access to the market, and then two, that we're building out a regulatory framework that prioritizes the health of people. So that's really the direction that we want to make sure that we're moving towards. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you're really taking a public health approach. How is that playing out so far in your messaging uh, around uh, cannabis? Here in the state of New York, we began our communications with the public with our 11 series, um, uh, our 11 series virtual, I'm saying it all wrong, but it is 11 virtual meetings throughout the state so that we could discuss with community what the status of the law is, what they should be expecting from the regulatory framework. Um, we called it cannabis conversations and we tried to hit every region of the state. We even did it in Spanish language. And since then, we have moved a little bit further. We just announced our um, campaign about two weeks ago wherein we are engaging in a statewide public health campaign to do additional outreach focused on safe consumption, um, stopping or reducing driving while impaired, as well as safe storage of cannabis products in your home so you can protect against, uh, uh, keep your kids and pets away from your products. We're really focused on making sure that people know and understand that they can consume cannabis, that they can get safe cannabis, and that there is a way for us to push forward so that people really have access, they're able to enjoy it, it grows the industry, and that we all remain safe during this process. Yeah, sure. And, and the sort of the next phase following what you called the cannabis conversations is mm -hmm. uh, the creation of uh, some 30 second PSAs, um, which yeah. are airing right on social media and, and, and outdoor mm -hmm. advertising. Speak to that a little bit. Yes. So in our new public um, education campaign, we've launched a series of electronic billboards across the state. Um, they're on the interstate, on our highways, so that people can see the messaging on what it is, what the law is in New York, that it is legal to have cannabis, that they 
must not drive while impaired, that we are um, for improving services of our law enforcement agents so that they know how to discern impairment and that we're not focused on just cannabis use. Um, we are airing 30 second commercials. I'm gonna, I've referred to them as commercials, but they're short, small 30 second shorts that are on social media. Um, I think it's on cable stations and some of our smaller markets. So we're really just trying to do outreach to let people know that we want them to be able to access the regulated market, that the regulated market will provide them with safe product, that there is a manner in which they should use it so that they can maintain their safety and that we can prevent abuse um, or misuse of the product as well. Mm -hmm. So what should marketers be gearing up for vis-a-vis, uh, you know, the, the legal status in, in New York state? So I think marketers need to, one, make sure that they're connected to our agency, get online, make sure they connect with us at cannabis.ny.gov, get alerts from us, attend our board meetings. I promise you they're not that long, um, but they keep them up to date because as we're making expansions um, to our medical regulations here in the state, this year, the past six months, we have allowed for whole flower sales. We've increased the number of physicians and or practitioners that can actually prescribe. We've also laid out our regulations for home growth standards for medical patients. We need our marketers to know and understand what the current law is, and we need them to help communicate that message to our public and help to build trust as well as support. Sure. You mentioned that uh, medical use was uh, approved back in 2014 and that you passed the regulation in 2021 for adult use. And as you transition toward adult use, uh, how are you making sure that the recreational market doesn't grow at the expense of the medical market? So our medical market is still pretty young here in New York. They are it's, we know that we don't have enough stores and that we need to grow access. So we are working hand in hand with our registered organizations, which are those that can um, operate in the medical marijuana space, those that are operate dispensaries, one so that we can make sure that the messaging is clear, that we support medicinal use, that there are um, health benefits and properties that people need to know and understand about this plant. We're trying to increase the language and I should say develop the language of consumers um, and the public. So part of that work is us creating better or improving our medical regulations. We've done amendments to our medical regulations. As I mentioned, there's now flour available at our ROs. People can get a lower cost product at those facilities and we hope that that will increase use. We're also allowing people to grow at home. And we really are um, focused on making sure that our practitioners know and understand that they too have access to um, medicinal care, cannabis as a medicinal care product, and that they can prescribe it for their patients. We've increased the number of physicians and the types of practitioners that can actually prescribe cannabis. So we're really trying to make sure that they know that the market is supported by the agency and by our state and that we want them to be full participants here. They have had the opportunity to be here 
and to sort of settle themselves in, but now we need them to really flourish and grow. So we're trying to make sure that we engage them so that they can really get a strong foothold in that space and help us as we educate our consumers. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, um, you know, people in our audience who are, you know, medical communications professionals are always looking for areas of unmet need, um, which form the basis uh, of disease awareness campaigns uh, and branded campaigns mm-hmm. and, and everything else in the, in the, in the pharma industry. Uh, but not only that, in the, in the greater health and wellness industry, um, you know, as marketers take on more OTC work and, and vice versa. Uh, but one thing that, you know, you told me offline, which I found really fascinating was that you, you feel that, um, you know, not only is it important to sustain the medical market, you know, because it's the right thing to do. And, you know, obviously you'd want to do that, but that medical communications will facilitate the public's growing acceptance and com- comfort level with cannabis really to, to greater effect than any other type of, you know, recreational type of, you know, communication and marketing. Can you speak to that point a little bit more? Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up, Mark, because people know and trust their physicians. People know and trust the medical um, communications that they receive. People know and trust medicine in the United States. And so when we have partners that say we've done studies, we've had success, my patients are seeing better results. When orthopedic surgeons say that we're working without pain management doctors and we're able to prescribe CBDs instead of opioids, these are success stories that people rely on. And this is what we need in the market so that it normalizes the conversation. We need to destigmatize this plant. And we know that work is happening. We know that research is occurring. We know that people are using it and having success. When we hear from our medical providers and the medical marketers about those successes, we all gain. The business gains and profession um, gains and benefits as well as the consumer. And so I feel like we need their voice at the table and we need them to be just unafraid and completely bold in making those statements. We need to rely on them to help normalize this plant and also to really take advantage of all of the benefits that are available to us. Okay, great. And um, medical marketers will have an additional chance to hear from you if they come to the May 5th uh, conference. By the way, listeners get a 50% off discount on their registration with the code podcast 50. Um, Will you take Q&A during your fireside chat chair, right? I believe I am. So I'm, 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 I'm not afraid. So let's, let's have a real conversation. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do that. Let's keep it real. Good. So everybody out there, you know, if you have questions specific to your, your marketing in New York state, you'll have time for that at the chat on May 5th. Okay. Well, uh, chair Ray, this is really a pleasure. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. And I look forward to speaking with you again in, in a couple of weeks. That's right. I'll see you in May. Thank you. That's it for this week. If you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up. Better yet, subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice and help others discover the show. The MMNM Podcast is produced by Bill Fitzpatrick, Deborah Stahl, Bradley Weems, and Gordon Failer. Our theme music is by Sizzy M. Sohn. We're out every week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.